This is the Pathways to Greatness podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Forrester. Many of you that follow me on social media have probably seen me say something about Highlight Coaching and Consulting. So what is that? So what we do at Highlight is we focus on teaching teens and young adults, and that's 18 to 35, valuable life skills that we wish we would have known. You know, I often ask the question, you've heard me ask it on some of these episodes of, if you could go back in time to high school and give yourself three pieces of advice, what would it be? It was actually an episode that I had not that long ago. Well, these pieces of advice is what motivated and inspired Jessica to create the ETA program to be able to pour back into teens and young adults because if we can equip them now in things that will help them make better decisions, not only through their high school years, their college years, but these are things that are going to stay with them forever. So if you're a parent listening to this and you have a teen or young adult, or if you happen to be a teen or young adult and you're listening to this as well, is the investment that you make today will pay massive dividends in the future. So these courses aren't free, um, these programs aren't free, but they're very, very worth it, if you ask me, because it's something that I know that I've just had to figure out. And so if I can help shorten the learning curve from 35 to 40 years down to just a few years, how can you put a value on that? Anyways, check it out. There's a link in the bio, not the bio, and then show notes um, for highlightcoaching.com. I encourage you to go there, check it out, reach out with questions, and let's have a conversation. Thanks. Here's the episode. All right, on today's show, I have the great Tom Ettinger. And this was a conversation that I'm not kidding you could have gone on for hours. I looked down and I realized how long we had been going. And um, it, it, he's a pleasure to talk to, great storyteller, has a lot to tell. And a few things that I want you to pay attention to in this episode. One, not only is his unbelievable cause with his um, Sit Rep 22, as well as his new podcast, Every Second Count, and it's focused on um, veterans and telling their stories and trying to impact the, the statistics of 22 veterans um, committing suicide daily. And it's a very important topic. The other things that I want to make sure that you hear is the importance that he, he shares about being authentic, being confident, being fearless, personal accountability. And then this one is make every dream possible by being honest. I won't spoil any more focus on those and many, many other things that, that Tom and I talk about. Without further ado, Tom Ettinger. It's much easier just to hit record because you hear all these podcasts where people say, we talked for 15 minutes and we had so much stuff we wanted to share and we didn't even hit record. So I just like to hit record right off the bat. Oh, absolutely. And then you, you wonder what that, what, what, what did they talk about the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like don't you know you got to save the good stuff for the show <laughs> now you started one right i did i did uh, I, I dropped my first uh episode last week 
uh, the everything, every second counts podcast. And um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see where that takes us. Yeah. How do you like it so far? I know it was just the first one. It was, it was a lot different than running my mouth on Instagram. I'll tell you that it's a big, it, um, it was only a 16 minute, like intro kind of, kind of in, uh, episode, but, um, it's a lot of, a lot of more, I could do it for an hour straight, just, just, you know, just saying whatever, but having, having a, uh, a thought process throughout a whole, whole episode and be continuous and be able to feed that, you know, whatever that episode is about the whole time that that's, I'm going to, I'm going to learn about that. <laughs> I know like I'll listen to some guys that do solo episodes and they'll go for 45 minutes or an hour. And I think to myself, how in the world do you have 45 minutes to an hour in your head to talk? I guess I just don't like to talk that much. So, Oh no, it's not going to be just me. The show's going to be more focused around talking to veterans, talking sure. to members of crisis uh, centers and whatnot. But, um, yeah, just doing it solo was um, it was it was a trying situation. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, well, because I did my first trailer or the intro just to make sure that Apple accepted it, mm-hmm. and I think the first one was like five or six minutes. And after I was done, I thought I'd talked for an hour, and then I just <laughs> happened to release a solo one this past Thursday. It was fifteen minutes. And Tom, I'm telling you, I thought I had been sitting in this room for 12 hours talking. I was like, that was only 15 minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm good at asking questions and letting other people talk. That's that's my gift. It was so, I got the headphones, I got the microphone, I got the camera. I even bought one of these ring lights because everything's dark. And I was just worried about everything. And then the hardest thing was just hitting record. Once I got everything mapped out and everything hooked up, I was like, Okay, I can't push you off any longer. <laughs> so, so you can now. You go like, did you have? Did you, did you just go with the first one that you recorded? Oh yeah. After good, sixteen good minutes, I wasn't. I probably did a couple um, intros because um, I, I, for some reason, I, I wanted to have an introduction. I wanted to have music. I wanted to have this whole thing. So, when you're your own producer. You have to add the music, hit record, and I had had the timing down right perfect. It was just, that was the fun part. And hoping, like, I hope it worked out good in the beginning. (laughs) I'm sure. You know, it's you said it a second ago, is you just had to hit record. And how many times in life do we just, we get everything, like you said, around us, we're ready to go, and we just can't find the strength to hit record. Absolutely. I believe it's the uh, procrastinator in all of us. I think it's a natural, natural tendency. And um, with age, it comes with more time. You procrastinate weeks out, days out. <laughs> Once you get a little older, you start pushing things out. You're like, yeah, I'm going to do that until you actually have to toe the line and do it. And then and then you knock it out and it's like, oh, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I did with this is that you know, I have, we have all these people around us. We run in very similar circles that all have these really good podcasts. And so I was almost paralyzed of trying to make the perfect intro, trying to make the perfect outro, the best music. And then how would I produce it? And finally I was like, forget it. I'm just doing it. You're going to get it. And I was joking with somebody. I was like, you're going to get nose hairs, pimples, even though I don't do video, but they're just getting the, the good, the bad, the ugly. Because I just have to put it out because I would 
freak myself out and would never hit record if I was so worried about the production value. Absolutely. And you, and you lose the realness in it, a little bit of it. If, you, if you're trying to make it too Joe Rogan-ish, if you're trying to, you're trying to come out with the, the best podcast and you already listen to a bunch of podcasts, it's kind of, I, I understand the same feeling. It's like, I'm going to put it out and I hope people listen to it. But if they don't, I'm okay with it, which we're lying to ourselves. You want, there's a purpose to it. There's a point. And I think that's the fear of, of, of starting, of hitting that, that, that record button is that anxiety that builds up before everything. We, we, I, I believe we, we cast these images in front of us of realities that probably play, play out that never even happen. That they give us that fear before we even go and hit record. Well, no one's going to like it. No one's going to listen to it. No one's going to refer it. No one wants to come on. And it's just these checks that, that we go along. And then, and then you, you release it and people are like, ah, it was pretty good. And you're like, ah, it was all right. Well, and you bring up a good point is that we also should be proud of what we put out and we mm -hmm. downplay it. And like, no, I was, and there's going to be some that you're like, I wish I would have asked better questions or I could have asked better questions or I missed an opportunity here. But like you said, it's like just putting it out there is an example of the ability to put it out there and have Absolutely. the discipline of like, I'm just putting this thing out there. Absolutely. And I, and I think that that helps you grow because once you're able to dive in and do something like this or be able to go on a podcast or create your own thing, there's a lot of fear involved in it. And I think having that fear is healthy because it, it, it makes you have that driving force, that extra motivation, that extra cause for you to do something. See, this is why I hit record as soon as we hopped on here. We would have <laughs> missed all this. <laughs> and then yeah. you can't recreate it. <laughs> no, no. And don't ask me what I said either. You only oh, get a no. one time. If it comes out, it's one time, it's gone forever. <laughs> That's what you'll probably never see me on a TEDx stage because you have to repeat the same thing over and over. Can't do it. Absolutely. <laughs> My wife, I, I like to cook and um, I don't like to bake because you have to be too precise mm -hmm. with everything to recreate it. And my wife was like, oh, that was so good. I was like, well, you might not get it again because I don't know. <laughs> I put a little of this and a little of that. Yeah, the measurements are never exactly. So no. you're never going to get the same. You're never going to reproduce the same magic again. No, no. <laughs> Um, well, cool. Well, Tom, before we get started, well, first, everybody, this is Tom Ettinger. And so um, I'm going to go into more detail of who he is. But before we get started, Tom, one of the things that I want to do is play something fun. So people get okay. to know you a little bit better. So it's would you rather? All right. So would you rather freeze time or go back in time? I'd say go back in time. Okay, why? Because like, like you said, um, kind of earlier, you, you, you're never going to be able to create those moments. However, you, you always know what you did wrong. You always see the, the, the past, um, the past chances you had, if you would have went left or if you would have went right, or if you, so when you see these different opportunities, I think you always have that. I wish I could have done this again, but we're all on the, we're all on a path of, um, indestructible path regardless we just got to find that path mm -hmm. so i think going back and 
trying to find that path earlier in life is, is the security blanket we feel when people, you know, if you want to go back, I wish I would have done this, but if you didn't do that, you wouldn't be where you are now. So, so I think it's a, it's a catch 22 either way you look at it, because if you come to the part where you could think, well, if I could go back, I would change this. That would change everything else. Mm-hmm. And when it wouldn't arm you with everything you are now. So, so I think it, it's a good, it's a good thing, but um, it's something that you, you, you want to change, but you'll never change. There's things that you want to change conversations. Maybe you, you want to have back a silly fight, maybe something with your kids, something you had more time doing something. So I think, I think that's a valuable thing. Be able oh. to look back and, and, and want to do something like that. For sure. And you teed up. So we're going to come back to that because the whole name of the podcast is Pathways to Greatness. So either you accidentally put that in or you did a really good job weaving that in. So, oh, no. Um, hey, like I said, it, it's just going to come out. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So be careful, right? We don't know what's going to come out. All right. So the next one, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question is Would you rather live without music or TV? I think TV. I, 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 I think TV because there's a good there's a good break in there. And I think music is the I, I think that it should go for almost everybody. Music is the soundtrack of our life, depending on what music, where you are in life, a song could bring you back to any place in your life, a certain song. So that's a memory you can never get back. TV. You could forget, you could record, you could go back, but music, music is a soundtrack to your life. So I don't, I don't think you could ever get away with music, not having it. Okay. See, I thought it was going to be more definitive to music because you're a leap, a lip syncing aficionado <laughs> with your TikToks and your reels. Now, now that I, I, we can get in, I hope we get into more about that because there's a, there's a, a split personality people don't know about <laughs> to where yes. to where 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 you have to you have to have that um that that vent that you know that that cracked window no one knows about that to where you could just do whatever because we'll we'll continue on because I I'll, I'll talk the whole the whole time so that's okay hey look, <laughs> I have I literally the only questions I wrote down were would you rather questions <laughs> so um, right. okay so the last one is would you rather have pizza or tacos pizza what kind uh anything from the northeast okay meat lovers from the northeast it would have to be a good pizza where the grease touches your elbow if you if you tilt that pizza and that grease don't go down to your elbow, give it back. <laughs> it was like, um, what was it? Uh, along came Polly when Philip Seymour off and full like um, Ben Affleck is using his napkin to pat the grease off of the pizza. I've seen that. I've seen that so so many times growing up, and I'm like, what? And people would do that. They would literally put napkins on the pizza to soak up that grease. Yeah. No, I, then- I want that pool of grease in there. Because the pizza is only going to be better with that. Yeah. Well, Philip Seymour Hoffman, if you didn't see the movie um, and you're listening, is that he folds his slice of pepperoni and holds it over his other slice and like takes Ben Affleck and not Ben Affleck, Ben Stiller, his pizza and drips all the grease onto his pizza because he doesn't (laughs) want it wasted. (laughs) So it was great. 
Um, well, cool, Tom. So everybody knows you're a husband, you're a father, you're a Marine, uh, you're a podcaster, you're an influencer. And so you've, you've done so much. And like virtually everyone that I've had on the podcast so far, we've crossed paths via social media. And I've been following you. And I think we've been following each other for well over a year. And it's been a lot of fun to see the growth that you've had. And hopefully you've seen the growth that I've had over a year, um, which is always good when you see people progressing and not regressing. Uh, but I'd love for you to just give give the listeners a little bit of your background of, of who you are, where you came from, because it's a, a very interesting and powerful beginnings. And that leads into what you're focused on and what you're doing now. So I, I was born in, in New Jersey. I come from New Jersey. Um, uh, parents, sister, um, low income, probably growing up, not, nothing big. Um, 40 to 50 grand where I lived was a lot of money uh, if your parents made that. So so back then, um, easy, good night, good childhood, nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, my, my, my parents, they worked, they worked a lot. My dad worked nights and um easy not 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 a lot of moving around um same local kind of area different towns maybe but um grew up went to high school um my my dad did um boilers he did boilers um for 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 about 20 30 years and then when i went to high school i went to a a, a, a technology high school um a lot of places are different depending on where you live in the United States, but it, it's a, um, a VOTAC school to where you, you know, you do half, half and half. And, um, I did HVAC and that's when my dad did a transition to HVAC. And, um, that, that was going to be the goal. That was going to be the plan. Graduated high school, jumped right into an HVAC job and, um, was working all summer and, it, it just, it wasn't the dream job I, I thought it would be. It wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. And the paychecks weren't as much as I thought they would be. So um, I already had my, my wife was my, my girlfriend at that time. And uh, she had two brothers that were Marines at that time. And they, um, he had to be in probably around 30 years. He was, he was a senior uh, Marine uh, reservist at that time that lived down the street. So it was a, a lot of influence but not a lot. I didn't have a lot of family members that joined the Marine Corps or anything. So after a while, I, I, I sat down and talked to this gentleman that lived down the, down the street. And I asked him why he joined and he joined during Vietnam. So I said, why'd you join? He said, I was mad at the world. And I was like, yeah, me too. So, so I went and joined the Marine Corps. And then, um, and then um, that was it. Joined the Marine Corps, bought my first, got married when I was 19, bought my first house when I was 19. Had my first daughter when when I was twenty, and um, she's in her third year of college now. So uh, a lot a lot of jumping around. Um, I have three children now. Uh, my second daughter is about to graduate high school and go to go to college, and then my son's in eighth grade now. Um, did twenty years in the Marine Corps. Started off in the aviation side of the Marine Corps. Um, I, I didn't I didn't want a combat type job. Not that I didn't want one, but my brother-in-law was in infantry, and that was the the advice he gave me. He goes, mm. do something else. So I was in the aviation, 
I was in there. Uh, I um, deployed 2004, came back, went to a non-deployable unit, and then got flagged for recruiting duty. So, so back then, and it's pretty similar now. If you get flagged for recruiting duty, you um, you go. Not a lot of choices because it's one of the the. I, it's looked at as one of the worst jobs you could have in the Marine Corps. Is it really? It's one of the hardest jobs in the Marine Corps. I would say that. Sure. But, um, but um, it's a job to no matter what your every Marine's a rifleman, but every Marine could also be a Marine Corps recruiter. But not everyone's meant for that. Not everyone's meant to to talk to random, you know, people from eighteen to twenty eight and ask them, you know, and tell them about the Marine Corps. Plus, this is during the plus up. I went on recruit duty two thousand seven in Philadelphia, and this was the plus up. The Marine Corps was going from. Um, 185,000 to 202,000. So that means a lot more people joining, a lot more people after 9-11 coming in and, and the, all the branches were trying to plus up. So it made, it made for working a lot different. <laughs> a lot so, I guess, what was it that made them want to flag you to do recruiting duty if it's not so glamorous? It's... um. A selection get get pulled. A certain selection they 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 rifle it through. You know all those things depending on your job, depending on um, any kind of you go through a whole screening of tattoos. Uh, if you have any children with any health issues, uh, physical appearance, um, how you're doing your career so far, and then then you get then you have to go sit down and just down with them. And unless you have a major excuse you are going to recruiting school and then somewhere in hometown america and um and then then you have three years of uh the rest of your life to to, to make it out <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a shawshank redemption story it, it, it is <laughs> i mean in 2007 when i went to philadelphia i was a recruiter that's when that's when they were shooting cops like philly philly was a, a it's it's probably the same damn way it is now. <laughs> when you think about it, it's probably the same way it, it is now, but it was it was a lot different. But I wouldn't want it any other way because I was put in a position to where I was able to take people from that environment and put them in a different path of life. Hmm. Because when you're able to sit down and talk to people um, and explain certain things and how the Marine Corps could help them. You always see the dress blues. You always see certain things of each branch, but you don't know the intertwinings of it. You know, you mm -hmm. don't you don't get to see it. So when you can sit there and have conviction and 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 actually just talk to someone and show them how you can change their life and what you can get out of it with no promises, just a chance. That that changes. That changes. So so I was there for uh, three years. I was the I was a recruiter, and then I turned out to be uh, the boss of that recruiting substation. So you have recruiting substations all over America, and so I was in charge of that uh, Philadelphia substation. Then I got orders to go to San Diego and work with the Osprey. Um, that when I came back from Afghanistan, I got put in a um, a, a non deployable unit, and that's when they were changing the C um, CH forty sixes the Marine planes into the Ospreys. So, so I was, I was there for all that testing and evaluation. 
but and because I had that um, experience when I left recruiting duty, they were out in California changing those units out, flipping those units and, and sending those guys to new schools and everything. So we were standing up units to send them out to um, Japan. And that was not in the plans. <laughs> that was not in my plans. Yeah. They told me, you know, we'll do this for two years and then you'll, you'll, we'll stand up a unit and then you'll take it out to Japan. And I was like, no. And so I enjoyed recruiting duty. Uh, you, you could call it a love of PTSD because, because once you, once I went back to the fleet Marine Corps, all you talk about drill instructors, that's all you talk about recruiters. If you find someone that did recruiting duty, you understand each other. Like someone, like someone in AA, you, you, you understand what they're going through. So, so, um, I, 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 I tried to get back and I went back 2012. I went back on recruiting duty and did every billet you could do at a, at a state level. Um, uh, every billet I worked at the MEPS, uh, processing the military entrance processing station where kids go and take the oath of enlistment. And, and that's where they ship to either branch recruit training and whatnot. So I did there, I was the operations chief. I was the assistant recruiter instructor. So I did everything you could do over this time. And um, it, it's tiring. <laughs> so when, when, you, when you fall out of that mold, and then when I retired and we, we moved, uh, I was in Pennsylvania during recruiting duty. And when we moved, I moved to Arkansas to where my parents retired to. And it's a, it's a different world here and it's a, it's a perfect world. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, um, it's not until you retire or get out to where you, you, you see the transitioning, mm. like you, you're like, ah, I'm out, I'm doing what I want to do now, but you don't accept the transitioning. It takes time to, to, to factor things in and out and to recreate new memories, new things. And um, I want to say you have to reacquaint yourself with who you, who you were mm, okay. with your family and your children, because while being on recruiting duty on face value, it would look like, you know, we just did this, but there's a lot of training. The Marine Corps is the only branch that sends people to a recruiting school. And um, with that, you know, you learn, you, you can learn a, um, like a sales language. It becomes very sales, very sales. <laughs> but if you utilize the sales language, the way it was meant, you get the best out of people because right. you you, you're able to ask the right questions. And the sales is a lot different than used car salesman, or you're trying to get the TV or there's a, you know, you're, you're working at Foot Locker, you're trying to sell these shoes. There's a lot of difference when you're selling, you're, you're selling um, four to four years of your life to, to a branch while we're at a war. <laughs> so, so the whole time I was on recruiting duty, we were at war. So there's a, I, I've talked to a, a lot of people. <laughs> I'm sure. A lot well, of people. And you mentioned it just a second ago. So it, it went back to a question that I had um, is what were some things that you learned in recruiting school that you still use today that other people could find value in? I believe it's um, being authentic and, and talking how you are. 
how you how, how you are me running my mouth on instagram and talking that 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 has to start from a place you know what i mean that started for me starting 75 hard i wanted to document my progress and 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 just could go on there every day that would that became my thing my morning workout was going to be this and and whatever so um being able to talk in front of people being able to have confidence and being able to stand apart i believe because recruiting duty a lot of people i mean it goes without saying a lot of people have a fear of talking in front of people a fear of being in front of crowds and i am one of them but when i'm able to talk about something i care about i mean i love i love being a marine i love talking to people about the things I was able to do in the Marine Corps and, and possibly give them the, the, the chance to change their life mm -hmm. and go a different course, whatever it is, college, college while you're in, or whatever that goal was four or five years away, my plan was to try to, to go through the Marine Corps and get you where you wanted to be by that time. What happens is, they become adults extremely fast, like I did. And you get out of recruit training, you get stationed somewhere, and um, you are an adult now. So you have to start making adult decisions. So I think um, people that join, they join for the, the right reasons, the wrong reasons. But it's all on your own personal accountability to drive. Because four years is a long time. I, I could get you through three months of recruit training, but I can't get you through four years. That you know that that's where it comes um, on self reliance, self discipline, self direction. So, so I think that that helped me the most being able to be just me. They mm -hmm. want you to talk a certain way, act a certain way, but I'm I'm, I'm just a guy from Jersey, so I'm just gonna give it to you the same way it was, and you could receive it or you cannot. I mean, there's a difference between the schools. You had the ghetto schools, you had, you know, the inner inner schools, and then you had the other schools. And there was a big difference in the education. There's a big difference in test scores. There's a big difference. So you, you, you try to make every dream possible for what that person is capable of doing. Hmm. Because I, I believe... Down. I know you won't remember it, so I had to make sure I wrote that down. Because I believe... Um, you know, when people join the military, they, they take they take the ASVAB, the Armed Service Vocational Aptitude Battery Test, and that shows, you know, what your intellect is, what you're good at, mechanical, electrical, whatever it is. And people, they might want to be an astronaut. And it's like, hey, that's not in the cards for you. Your aptitude's not there. I want to, I want to be an astronaut, but guess what? It's not there. So what, what can I do to, that I'm going to be successful at? And a lot of people, you know, they get... They get butthurt over it because it's like, hey, that's not in the cards. But this is how great you could be going this way. Mm -hmm. You know, using the tools that are available that that God gave you, like this is it. This is what I'm able to do. And our job is to try to identify that. Well, and what I want people to to rewind and, and listen to, and if they don't rewind, that's fine, is the thing that I got, the the things that I, I took from what you shared is being authentic, being confident, being fearless, personal accountability. And this last one 
that I that I wrote down and I added to it what you said just a second ago is make every dream possible by being honest with someone. Absolutely. And that stood out the most to me because how many times are we being told within the, the, the media, social media is guilty of it, is make every dream possible, even if it's not in the cards. And it, it's, it's difficult. And so I'm curious from your perspective, when you hear that, you know, how did you manage some of these people because they may have had dreams to do something and we're told at an early age, well, whatever you put your mind to, you can accomplish. And it's not that they couldn't accomplish something else. How did you manage people through that? Because I know that could be very applicable to people's lives right now. I think it's uh, being able to show somebody that what they desire is achievable However, it's going to take a lot of work. If it, like I had a lot of a lot of kids that couldn't pass the practice test. It just wasn't there. It's a 10th grade test. And you had seniors and you had cops. I, I mean, I had grads, college students that couldn't pass this test. So, hey, you can go to the library, go to Barnes and Noble, whatever, buy the ASVAB book, study. Those are the people that are going to be successful. Those people that do the work, those people that that plan it out, as we talked about um, earlier, setting up the camera, those fail safes and knowing that you're going to fail is not an option. So when I was trying to talk to somebody, there wasn't an option that they weren't going to join. It was just what what can I do? To, to, to rip their soul out, to say, you know what, this is your, this is your, the, the now, nowadays, it's all about the why, what's your why, I'm, I'm talking, what's your, what's your purpose, what, what are you trying to do, because I, it, it always turns, to, recruiting gets a black eye from everyone, from all branches, because it's body snatchers, you just want kids to join, but yet we're at every parade, we wave to all everybody, we thank everyone for their service, but not my kid. Now, you know what I mean? Generations on top of generations, but not your, your uh, sensitive child. Roger, that, that's good to go then because the Marine Corps don't need your child. You know what I mean? We don't, we, the Marine Corps is different. We, we only want the best. So I'm not here to make your Call of Duty dreams, uh, <laughs> make your Call of Duty dreams uh, possible. I'm, not, I'm, I'm here to, to talk about life. So I think being able to break someone down to their core. So you would talk to someone and find uh, the language that we use. You would want to find like, and I'm going back now, but like the, the need behind the need, like what was their motivators? What, what, what were their needs? What, what did they need? And what, what did they have? What was the vehicle to carry them from here to there? And identifying what they had and what they didn't have. Like, number one thing is means. I, I, I argued with parents forever. They were sending their, they wanted to send their kid to Philadelphia Community College. It's like 1500 bucks a, a semester. But what was the goal to go to a university? Do you have the 40 grand? I mean, you got, you, you, you're, you're paying for your, your kid's college. Roger that, that's, that's good. But how are you, how are you setting them up? Mm-hmm. To, they're going to get their associates and they're going to go back working at the movie theaters because there was no goal set up. There was no means account, you know, accounted for. So 
coming up with those plans with somebody where you, you, you control the time, you control the effort, and you have to control the motivation towards that goal. Because mm-hmm. everyone, like I said, it becomes cool at that time. Everything becomes cool at that time. Like you see a, a cool run on ultra sign up. I'm going to do that. You sign up and it's like eight months away. You, 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 maybe you delay your training or maybe you got hurt or whatever the case is, the closer it gets, you start coming up with excuses on why you're not going to be able to be as where you're at. And I think I, and, and uh, being able to identify that was, was huge for me being able to identify missteps, misconversations, where their parents, like you said earlier, are laying them astray, leading them astray. Like, Hey, that's not possible. Like you ask them like, Hey, look, even if they needed parental consent, I love talking to the parents and just painting the picture. Like, this is where it's at. But is he going to go to Iraq? Is he going to do this? I can't tell you. I can tell you this. I can tell you the next, you know, the next two years on what's going to happen and what's going to be available for people. And I think people now rely too much on social media to tell them what they need to do. They need, they, they rely on too much of an outside influence to where being authentic is not real no more. So I think talking to people, making people do what, what you want them to do per se is caring. If you, if you care, if you're having a conversation with someone and you care for them, you're only going to give them great advice per se. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, do and you that, see, that, go ahead. Sorry. No. And that's only going to lead them further. If you, if they don't have the self-confidence, but they have the, you, you're, you as their cheerleader, that, that, that's what goes a long way because uh, once you get someone to believe in that idea, if you don't keep stroking it and keep pushing them towards that idea, that's a five second idea. It, it, it's exciting. It's like if someone goes buys a lottery ticket, you know, when it's one of these billion dollar ones and right before they call the numbers, you come up with these ideas. Like, what if I want, you know, you're not going to win. You still bought the tickets. And if you do that or whatever, but, and then when you lost, you really lost, you lost when you bought the ticket, but in your own thoughts, you could trap yourself in thinking that. So having that additional cheerleader, someone else to to, to cheer you on along the way, I believe it helps. Oh yeah. huge believer it takes that one person takes that one person to 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 it's either you or someone in their world to to turn them to to get someone to uh feel motivated about something and and have a purpose and i think we 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 go around bouncing from purpose to purpose until, until you get locked in and once you get locked in then it becomes smooth sailing what type of impact would you say that the recruiting school and the things that you learned in recruiting helped you as a parent um if anything it didn't help me i I mean i could i could i could i could get information out out of out of my wife out of my kids by asking certain questions and my my job was to listen you know to get information to use so if if i it helped, but but recruiting duty took me away from my family. Mm. So so there's always that mixed. There's always that mixed because 
we, we, we always complain about it. And every job I've had, you know, before the Marine Corps, after, you always complain about um, what you got to do, or you always, you're always complaining. But, you know, we get off at, we get off at, there is no time on recruitment where you get off. You get off when you're done for the day. And then, you know, you might be there 15, 18 hours and then go shower and come right back. So cer certain things are, are, are difficult. And um, I feel having that, you know, you, at the end of the night, everyone's sitting around. No one wants to go home. You have that camaraderie right there. And, you, you, you know, you're all just beat down and, you know, we got to get ready for tomorrow. That, that drive, that constant pressure, that chaos, I love it. I float in chaos that I need something done quick. I love that, that intensity and it's good and bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's good and bad health wise, I guess I'm finding that out now, but it, it, uh, when, when you just keep shoving things in and just cramming it in, just keep going forward and just, you know, eventually it's going to come out. And it just right. depends on when it's going to come out. Well, I was just curious because of your the the response that you gave before about you know, helping people control the motivation towards the goal and having those conversations of of reality of what needs to happen, how to you know how to help people find their dreams and being honest. And as a parent, I know that that's like I want the best for my kids. I want the most. And you know, my wife and I we've. I think we've been pretty realistic in trying to set realistic expectations for ourselves on our children's performance, because, you know, there's some parents that are oblivious to the reality of their children, which mm -hmm. I get, I completely get. And we always try to say is like, look, if they're not good at something, we need to make sure that they understand that of the reality, not that we're going to tell them, okay, you're not good at this. It's like, Hey, look, you got to work harder at this than the next person. Are you willing, like you said earlier, are you willing to do the work to put into that? And I feel that we try to give everybody a trophy, tell everybody that they're all stars. That's not setting them up properly for life because, you know, on the pathway to great, as you said it earlier, there's roots, there's rocks, there's holes, there's trees that are down there's wild, dangerous animals. I mean, it's, it's the revenant out there. Mm -hmm. And we, I think if we just actually not even, I think, I know that if we continue to do this with adults as well, that they're not authentic. They think that, that they can just have their most grand wish dream without putting any work in. It's hard. Life is really hard. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's what causes today's delirious attitude about things to where if you don't like it, you could just become a member of the land of um, a land of um, drawing a blank uh, land of make believe when you're you're, you're I, I want to I want to do this today. I'm going to, my, my daughter wants to identify as a cat today or all right, Roger that good. All right. So, you know, it's like, we, we see all these things, but what we don't, what's, what's really masked is the emotions behind everyone gets a trophy. But when, when that kid doesn't get a trophy or he gets his heart broken or sudden anxiety actually hits him, or he gets put in a depressed place or he, something happens in his life. 
they're unable they're unable to um to react to it because everything's been glorious everything's been great everything's been perfect so when when they have to deal with reality and you know wins losses pain happiness emotions it it, it changes I, I believe it changes um their their life permanently when, when you when you take that away just like immunizations if a kid don't get immunizations when they're when they're born they get sick if you don't if a kid don't don't get hurt when he's growing up he's not going to know pain when he once he gets older so you have to have the skin knees that yeah you, you got to break something fall out of a tree something has to happen to where you realize you know what life is painful and you know i i have to be on eggshells because at any point something could break so right. i gotta stay hard and keep moving forward with it <laughs> Right. So along those same lines, you talked about earlier about being authentic. And when you're what you were just sharing is that when things get bad, most people don't have an outlet, a positive outlet or an outlet that gives them joy. And you said earlier when you were talking about music and what you do and lip syncing that that was your crack in the window. So I love that 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 analogy. And so I want to share that because on the pathway to greatness, like we just talked about, is that there's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, difficulties that happen. And if you don't have a positive, fun, healthy outlet, you're only going to turn to the negative or you're going to stay in that depressed state too long. So tell us about your, your lip syncing um, ability and your music videos on social media because they're great. I shouldn't have social media. Just to say, let me just start off that. I shouldn't have any. Um, any outlet to the real world no no i should stay exactly where i'm at um in the woods but um i think i i have fun with it there i have i i i deal with a bunch of demons and ones myself so when when i see videos i see those stupid tiktok videos i i look and i go and or i see other people i'm disgusted <laughs> if you, if you could, i'm disgusted at humanity when i go and if I if I go on Instagram or TikTok and everything I see, but then other times I'm like, let me let me join the circus. Let me be a clown like everyone else. And then, you know, it, it's it's a good outlet, I believe, because I went in when I was 19. I got out when I was uh, 39. And you 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 lose that innocence. You lose that innocence to where I had friends going to college. I had friends, you know, that did it the normal way. I'm, I'm cutting my grass. I'm paying a mortgage. I have friends that still, you know, lived at home. I had friends that, that were doing other things mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there raising a daughter. I'm married. I have, you know, a career I'm doing things. So, so it's, it's, a, it's good to have that outlet once, once, once you can, and it's horrible. You listen to three or seven. I know you do. It's horrible because that's that's the that's like a structural life balance. If, if Chad says TikTok is dumb, it becomes dumb to you. If it's if, if certain things, but then you get you get involved. You gotta have you gotta have a fun part. I believe. I think you have to have a, a part to where you can laugh at yourself. Like yes. you said something in the beginning, and, and um, it drives me nuts. You said influencer. I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> I, I am only here to uh, voice awareness um, for veteran suicide and 
if I get on there and people say it, if they do, they don't. I, I used, you fall into, um, I believe you fall into traps and um, you start, you start thinking things to where if you don't become humble or you don't, you, you, you start thinking like, yeah, I got all these followers. I had 200 followers two years ago. That means nothing to me. You know what I mean? Like people get on this kick on who, who's following, who's subscribing. I see on Instagram, people say subscribe to this. Why? Why am I going to pay you to watch something on a free app? Things like that are just silly to me, but I feel you, you, you need, you need that outlet. You need to be able to exhale sometimes. And if you, if you take yourself too serious, you, you're as bad as if you didn't do it. Yeah, you, you have to smile. You have to laugh because again, life is hard and it deals right crosses and uppercuts on a regular basis. And if you don't have that ability to smile and laugh at yourself, for me is once I was able to do that on a, like a real level and not as a, a protective hide behind it kind of way, um, I took all the power back. Like I took the power back from all those demons when I could laugh. Cause like, well, what's the big deal? I'm not that important. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And, and there's still elements of, you know, self-esteem and things in my past that, that freak me out. And I'm, I'm, you know, quote unquote sensitive about, but by and large, I'm just owning so much stuff. And that's, you know, what you said earlier, it, it just creates an opportunity for us to be strong and be confident in who we are. Like you said, being authentic, being confident and being fearless. How many people wouldn't do what you did and do of doing a lip sync because they're afraid of what other people will think? Well, it depends on who you talk to. It seems like not a lot, <laughs> but I mean, I think, I think in my position, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of um, people that, that served in the military or you grew up around a certain era and you just, you, you, you're so hateful towards it. Like if I just hated everyone on TikTok, just hated it and it wasn't enjoy, like I brought, I got no joy from it. Why do I have it? So if you, if you have something, either Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, any stupid thing like that, any social media and you don't enjoy it and it drives you nuts, get rid of it. Like that lady that's, you know, if it doesn't bring you joy, throw it out. If you haven't worn it in a year, throw it out. Like if you're doing things in your life that currently are not bringing you joy, stop doing them. Except for it's work. And that should bring you joy because you have lights on when you go home, if you're working hard enough. So, so so do things that bring you joy every day and you don't, you don't fall into that pit of uh, despair of poor me. Cause I think that that becomes the, the first whisper in everyone's mind, like poor me, why not me? Why, why does someone else drive that? Why does someone else make this? Why do they have that? I'm good with what I got. And when you come to that realization, I think that's what, that's where the puzzle start, start the puzzle the pieces get in there, but it starts forming the picture better and you start seeing it better. Once when you, once you see what you have and you're grateful for it and, and you don't, you don't need 
more. You don't, you don't need more. Mm-hmm. So I, I, um, I, I was always big new crew at CrossFit shoes came out, go get them at Hoka new speed goats. All right, I'm going to go get them. Cause I'm cause that's going to make me motivated to go run because I need these shoes. And, um, once you, once you find no joy in those things, then, you know, the older you get, I don't need 20 pairs of shoes. Maybe I just need these pairs, maybe these couple pairs. So you start breaking it down and, and realizing what you have is, is important and it helps your life um, revolve every day and just keep everything that's within you, everything that's around you. And once you're content with that, then I think then, then you can find true happiness. Mm-hmm. If you keep finding something that's wrong, do you find complaining about things? So me being away all the time, when I would come home, my wife would, she ran the house, how she ran it. But it was always when, when Tom went on his, why is it like this? Or why is it like that? I wasn't home. I should just be happy. It was that way. You know what I mean? So once you, once you're happy with what's going on and knowing, you know, things are going to be good, things are going to be bad. I'll just be good and find the good in things. Yeah. What, what would be, and this is absolutely fantastic because it's, it, it's so up my alley of finding joy and, and it comes with maturity. I'm the same way is that again, you you think of all the things that we thought we needed to do the thing, but when we really boil it down, I mean, you look at basketball players in the fifties they ran around on Chuck Taylor all-stars. Like they didn't need these big cushy shoes. And you have these runners back in the day that did all that we can do with less, right? We can do a lot with less. So how would somebody, if they're sitting down and they're listening to this and they're thinking, okay, Tom's making sense. I, I just, I'm struggling to find joy and I'm struggling to be able to weed out and understand what's making me happy. What would be some things that you would recommend people do to start on that road to finding joy? Go outside, go on a walk every day. When I started 75 hard, that first walk that changed everything. Um, I even not doing it. I don't do it as much now. Um, I'm dealing with my knee and back issues now and more excuses. I'm just going to keep giving you, but, um, going and doing that daily walk in the rain, in the snow. I did it. I did it every day moving. I did it. And that outside that clarity, it started, you know, with a podcast, it started and then it goes to silence. You're just out there walking for an hour, maybe a mile, two miles, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And you're just looking, you're just constantly thinking. And I think that's healthy because that's you out and about, not overthinking. You're just clearing your head. You're just out having that daily conversation with you. It could be with God. It could be with, with you know situations you're dealing with that maybe while you're walking, that just allowed me to have clarity and it gave me something to do every day. I need to get this walk down. Why? Because I said it on Instagram. I, I have to go out there because someone needs a positive message today. And um Really, I'm just going to talk to myself, and that's what that 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 was the need for me. That accountability I said earlier was just really me saying what my problem was, what my issue was, what I need to do, turning it towards a question, screaming it into Instagram world, and 
Some people found it enjoying. They 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 found the motivation, just like I would listening to Chad, Jocko, you know, David Goggins. You hear certain people, and when they speak, things they say, they 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 hit chords in you. So so some people find that enjoying, and I think for me, being able to go out and I, like I said, I started with a podcast, find something that brings you joy, you listen to, and then just get out there every day, and that 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 allows you to define more about what to be positive about because you're you're just out there doing you. Now, if you live in a, a high, highly populated area, you know, go to a park or whatever the case is, I just walk on a dirt road that no one lives on. Did you ever take your goats for a walk? <laughs> I, I take them for a walk uh, a couple times a week. I, I, take them, I take them in the woods. They're, they're like my outside pets to where, like, I don't need chickens. I don't need goats. But it was something I needed when I moved here. It was, okay. I find things out more and more as you, you said it earlier and, and it made so much sense. Uh, I was the most negative person for the longest time. Like, I mean, negative, I could always crack a joke. I could always make someone laugh or, but I was <laughs> negative, not like, Oh, here come the clouds. It's going to rain. There goes the day, but just every little circumstance I was negative and the more I got away from work, the more I got in my own world and worried about me and my, my zone and everything that I could see, touch. When, once I started prioritizing what was important to me, that, that brings you the joy. Mm -hmm. That starts changing things. And you got to be able to find your personal joy before you find someone else's joy. Because if not... I, I think I think it was um, Jocko put out a podcast. It was this is a couple of years ago now, but he, he had the it, just good, just yeah. good, and that changed my life when I heard it because it's like <clears throat> good. Like I took that and then I suspended it into into my own thing. Like you know what? Let me find the good in every situation. I got a flat tire, but I didn't crash my truck. You know what I mean? Like if I could find a positive and that we're at work and we're doing something because I, you know, I work part-time at the state park, so I don't lose my mind, but I, I, I find a, a something positive in each situation. And if you could do that, that changes a lot. Cause that keeps your mind on a different, you know, a different, different path than just being negative all day. Well, and what you were saying earlier, just, Choosing to be positive takes an immense amount of self-discipline because it, it's so easy to go negative and it's so difficult until you be, until it becomes who you are. And some people are just naturally positive, right? Just like some people are naturally gifted athletes. They're gifted writers, gifted musicians. It just comes easier to them than others. But for most of us, most everything in life is a little harder. And so choosing to be positive takes that daily discipline like you said is okay i'm going to be positive today i'm going to create a, a smile on someone's face because i'm going to do something good and so when you were talking about finding joy the things that i i wrote down because i i'm doing this because i want people to hear what you're saying is that if you're looking for joys first go outside 
creates and generates clarity. Two that you said is have a daily mission that's different from your normal normal daily activities. So something that's specific. And then um, the last one is prioritize what's important. And it, and don't just think about it. I'm a big believer in writing those priority down and and making them firm and then sharing them with people to hold you accountable to those. Yeah, they become non non-negotiable and 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 it's those things that that stem everything that you just said, you know, that I said, that you said, all that stems into to grooves in our lives that we need. We need more to be positive. We need to think about more about what's important to us. We need because we always talk about like me I could, I could go on a, a Fox News run for about three hours straight. Then I need to go on TikTok because because my mind is so warped and, and I'm so, ag, you know, aggravated or mad or in disbelief. And I was um, I'm also the guy that says, don't watch the news. But I will watch it because my wife's like, we watch this every day. I was like, I need to know what's going on, even though I don't care. I need to know so I can complain. I have these conversations with myself all the time. You know, I'm going to go on Instagram and say this. And then I don't because I'm like, no one cares. And then I'm like, everyone feels the same way. <laughs> so I had this whole conversation with myself. And then I'm like, they all watch the same news I did in my head. I'm like, yeah, everyone's mad at it. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't say nothing. <laughs> so so, so it, it's it's those things that I feel, you know, Everyone doesn't take enough appreciation of what they have every day and searching that out daily. Talking to your kids more, talking to your spouse more, enjoying what you have, the luxuries that you do have. And that's sleep, time with your family. If you, if you have, you know, if you're able to go for a walk, seeing the beauty of, of, of nature outside. And if you can't do that, the best thing you could do is um, become very emotional. I believe that is the, the key. And that, that's what kind of helped me, I, I, I guess, spread more word on Instagram, just being real. And if, if, you, if you're dealing with something, I'm not saying everyone needs to go on Instagram and say, hey, I can't sleep at night. And they, you know, they, they feel someone, they're going to get the same feeling from someone else. It's probably not going to happen. But being able to, to, be happy with what you have and take your disadvantages and make them your advantage. I, I think that's, I don't have this, but I have a lot of this. I got mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot of love for my family. I don't have a Mercedes, but I'm good. You know what I mean? Once you get away from the Joneses and that's what helped me moving out here. It was like the whole transition of retiring and then moving to an entirely different planet <laughs> where I'm now, I'm on another planet. So. The first time I get here, I go to get my hair cut and the gentleman goes, who'd you vote for? And this is right after the election. And this is after the runoff. This is after, this is mid, late January, 2021. And he just looked at me, he goes, where'd you move from? Because they, where I live, there's 2000 people and they all know each other. They all went to high school together. You know, they, they all know each other. And they didn't know you. I'm not, I, I'm with, I am a Yankee from off that's what I, that's what I was told I am from off so I love living here I love the people here I love being like you go to Walmart people got 
deer blood on their jeans. Like it's just, it's humility, humi um, the humility here, the, the lifestyle here is such a different view from living in a, in a normal world. Like, like it, it might sound crazy, but it's just a different, we have two lights in our town and it takes me a half hour to get there. And people complain about traffic. I'm because you don't even know what traffic is. It's perspective. Yeah. It's perspective, you know, mm -hmm. and because you go one place and they talk about traffic. I remember when I lived in my, the previous place where I grew up is if like where we lived and going downtown was 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And we would sit there and ask our friends, like, would you want to go down to eat? And everybody would be like, oh, no, I'm not driving that far to go eat. <laughs> and then now being in Orlando, everything's like 30 minutes away. And somebody will like, would you want to go? It's like, sure, I'll be there. You know, or football practices or something, you know, some kind of camp is 45 minutes away and we have no problem driving 45 minutes and before, we'd be like, ooh, that's like a road trip. I'm going to have to pack food and extra water if I'm going 45 minutes from the house. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's perspective. It's it's a wild thing to, to think about. And what you bring up is so important is you said gratitude and perspective because gratitude puts everything back in perspective is that it aligns you back to your priorities because if you're grateful for your family, grateful for your health, what else matters? nothing else matters. And when there's tragedy and you see things like natural disasters that happen, and then they say, yep, I lost everything, but I've got my health and I've got my family. So nothing else matters. But we forget that statement very quickly. I, I look at it when I see that on the news and in disbelief <laughs> for the people that lose everything. It's like, no, nah, but you did lose everything. Your family's here and they lost everything too. <laughs> that's how see so quickly I, I i can look at it negatively but no it's not my situation um the one thing i did want to say is like i work with a, a guy i'm 41 he is um 38 39 he has a phone like it, he put he puts the minutes on it from walmart and he doesn't even go on it like he doesn't have social media and it blow he, he's never left the town and it just blows my mind. Like we're so close in age and I am on another planet. Like he, he doesn't listen to podcasts. He does whatever's playing on the radio in his truck is what's playing. And it's probably has a guitar and some country guy in it. So, so it's always, it's always like the people here are just so like, I'm like where I've been places I've gone. I've never lived in a place to where, it is Mayberry in a sense. There is, you know, there's a lot of sh shops. People make their own stuff. I mean, so it is, it's it's a perspective here. When I have to go to, like, if we went up to Missouri or if we went up somewhere and I go to a town, go see my daughter at college, anywhere where there's a, a crowd, I get real antsy and nervous because I don't, I don't deal with that no more. I don't have neighbors. I let my dogs just run. I have my goats. I like, I don't, I don't deal with people. I might see someone drive by. That's it. That's it. There's no conversations. There's no, you that might, everyone marvelous. waves, everyone waves, <laughs> everyone waves here. Everyone waves to you driving down the road. Everyone waves. 
but you you didn't get that in Philadelphia. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I did not. There was waving, but it didn't have all the fingers involved. <laughs> no, there there was no smiles at the end of those those waves, <laughs> which is interesting. But look, I I could do this all day long, but I don't want to run out of time because I know that that you you have things to do. I'm sure, <laughs> even though you just said you don't have a whole lot to do. But I, I want you to share about your new project, about what you're passionate about, because it's it's so important and we don't talk about it enough. So I want you to share about what you do, what you're in the process of doing, and um, how the other part is how other people can support and um, learn more about what you're focused on. Well, thank you for that. Um, I just want to say thank you for having me on right off the right off the bat before I even go into it because any any time I'm able to uh, even just from a story on Instagram anytime I'm able to amplify my voice so more people can see it to use it to, to help with prevention or awareness you know it, it helps tremendous I have started my own company sit rep 22 sit rep is a term from the military which is a situational report where you break down the acronym is a sit rep and SITREP 22, 22, obviously, for the, the amount of veterans we lose every day, statistically. Um, and I'm working with people from 22 Mohawks. They're, they're a company up in Boston, Massachusetts, who have their own company, 22 Mohawks. And they actually, um, they do a lot for veterans. They, they supply food. They supply finance, financial classes. And they get puppies and foster dogs to veterans, 100% free and trained. Um, so, so I'm working with them and we're creating a, a technology that's never been seen before or used before for veterans. And it's going to be a tool that's going to make veterans proactive and, and, and motivate them to take them out of the daily struggles and give them something to do on a daily basis. And with that tool, it's just gonna change. It's, it's gonna create more of a community. I can't say too much about it because it's still in development and um, it can be stolen and used and someone else can steal it. So that's still coming out. And to raise awareness for that, I, I, I just came up with the podcast to, to be able to talk more about it because I don't see any, there's a, there's a lot on Instagram. There's a lot of pod, everyone has a podcast now. And that's why I didn't want to do it, but everyone has a podcast, but no one has a podcast strictly to talk about motivation, talk about veterans, talk about wh what's really going on in the world as far as how people are dealing with things, not just veterans, but mental health across the board, like I said, nurses, doctors, crisis centers, there's so much going on. And when we, we live in a world where 22 to 44 people disappear every day, and that's not a huge concern. So, and, and I, I do more research daily, you know, un, untracked numbers, uh, wrong reporting numbers. So the numbers are never going to be guaranteed because they get them from the states. And if you Google or look up veteran suicide statistics, they're just reports. You're only going to see reports that the VA, you know, that the VA creates. So 
I want more of awareness out there and, and, and talk too much because veterans, there's so many veterans out there. There's so many people to talk to. There's so many people to be able to branch out and so many people to do something for somebody that I just don't see it happening from, from where I see it. And I took it from, I, I used to, I was a coach for first form on the app, um, trying to help people get better that way. And then purpose hit me, purpose hit me to where you get giddy. I'm going to start this business. I get giddy. I don't know how I'm going to get giddy about it. I'm going to start this podcast. And it just becomes like purpose. Like God, that's, that's my purpose in life where I get excited. Like I get like butterflies, like I'm going to do this. And I feel once I felt that, Hey, you want to work out, post your workouts. Good. But that's not my, that's not, that's not the, the flow anymore. That's not the vibe. So it was like, you know what, this is how I'm going to do it. People are either, it's not the greatest thing to talk about constantly talking about veteran suicide constantly. And when I started doing like the red on, on Fridays, we were red to remember everyone deployed. Um, I, I never, I only, when I, when I would think about it, it, it would make me extremely depressed. I'd get real sad about it, but it's then you turn it into motivation and now prevention awareness. So sit rep 22, that's going to be a new technology tool. And then the every second counts podcast to where I'm going to build it up and uh, have real conversation with veterans that are dealing with mental health veterans that have struggled with it. Um, like I said, crisis worker, law enforcement, any, anyone that, that deals in a population of normal town USA of what people are actually dealing with um, And, and that to help me, that's, that's uh that's still to be seen. There's still a lot. It, it, um, I'm still working on the Arkansas um, state license. So people donated. Do you live in Arkansas? You could, you know, get tax, you get tax exemption and then we'll work on it federally. Um, the next couple of weeks, I'm putting a, we're opening a store. It's going to be a website for stuff, people to donate because the technology I'm building is, um, is not free. So, so I'm raising money um, as, as far as doing it myself and a couple other people. It's all me. I have an extremely lot of help and I'm working with people that are doing a lot of work, but it's only my idea, my bank account and uh, my uh, retirement paycheck, which uh, so I work at the park. <laughs> so, so, so uh, it, it's a vision. It's nothing that needs to be, um, nothing that needs to be rushed because i feel they jump on a podcast real quick let me do this or let me i'm going to start a business let me do this everything just becomes pop-up and i want something to, to, to have that's going to be something that's going to be there a legacy for something and the podcast there's that that plan is um to run that until the wheels fall off because that's going to be something now that i've included as part of a weekly thing now to where I have to do it because there could be someone that's waiting for it weekly now. So that only stresses me out. The wind blows, the internet goes like every, every little thing, but that I, I need to set up those parameters. I, I, I think it was three or seven podcasts I listened to where they were talking. I think, yeah, Chad said, you don't, you don't need to have something 
to, to motivate you sign up for a race you, you should always be motivated like that and um i'm not there yet i need something i need that fire and and this being able to go on instagram and run my mouth and have fun with the goats and like this be as authentic as i can like this is it this is it this is me you should you should want to be as authentic as you can because when it's all said and done you put your phone down you're going to be standing exactly where you are right and, and what's around you is what's most important so so i just want to be able to spread a positive message because it's something that i deal with every day you know we we, we um we live lives where nothing's person i i i battle every day to, to find positivity and things and it's only when I'm going to get on Instagram and, and say something because all that is just whatever God puts in my mouth at that time, whatever I'm going to say, it's nothing, you know, preconceived because I tried it. I was like, oh, that, that could be a good sign. And then when I try to think about it or it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So being your authentic self and, and, and looking for the good in people can only help you out move, move forward. So Mental health is huge. I mean, I ain't got to say it enough that mental health is so confusing in this world. I'm standing up for real mental health. Mental health is um, is running rampant from state to state across this country on what you want to be called to, what you identify as, to what you wear and that's not important to me. I'm, I'm worried about people not committing suicide. People right. that, that don't have that, that, that lens to where, you know what? You can identify as you want or be who you want to be, whatever you want to do, but you have to be true to your real self to get the benefits of who you really are. So if you're not true to your real self, you're never going to you're never going to strike gold with the benefits that who you, the, the person that you are really going to be. So if you, you, you keep stopping and, and waiting and complaining and having excuses, they're just bumps along the road that you're never going to be reach your full potential. Mm -hmm. When it goes back to what you said earlier about knowing your priorities <clears throat> and having those that you're creating an opportunity to speak to those people that don't feel like that they're, is another day that there is a light to the end of the tunnel. And if there's anything that anybody could take from today, that if you're in that position, that just think of your priorities, go back to the priorities that got you out of bed two days ago, three days ago, a month ago, and remember those and just use those just to make it to tomorrow. Yeah. And, you gotta make every, you gotta make every second count because yep. when you don't, it's the times when you when when you lose someone or a family member. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have spent more time. I wish that I had more phone calls, more contact, more communication. We don't have to have those conversations if we're already having them. If we're already mm -hmm. talking to each other, if we're already in sync and 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 showing emotion and caring. And when you're doing that with other people, you you, you have that community. So if someone doesn't have that community. Find someone that has community and then tell them everything about you. Yeah. Let them know you're good, you're bad, your flaws, and this is who I am. And if you don't like it, hey, someone else will. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it, what we, again, what we said before is 
create the skill to laugh at yourself and just realize that if you can laugh at you in a good, genuine, healthy way that other people will laugh alongside of you, but not in a judgmental way, but in a, holy smokes, that person is so strong that that little thing that would bother me doesn't bother them. And you can turn around and inspire someone through that action of, of being strong and putting yourself out there and being authentic and vulnerable for the next person who's scared because that's where you were three hours ago, a day ago, whatever it may be, is just you can be the example of how somebody can keep going. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're everyone's mirror. So I feel you walk through life. Each person is someone else's mirror mm -hmm. and they're going to see who you are and they're going to see who they are through your communication contact with them. And if, if, if you are treating someone or how, how you interact with them, you're going to see who you really are yourself. So I think uh, being, being kind to people, being just, there's so much negativity, no matter where you look, if it's someone on Instagram, it's someone in the news or someone you work with, there's not, not enough space for all that and your nonsense. So you got to clear that out on a daily basis. You got to, you got to, you got to, you got to cash out every day before you start. And then you start fresh. Yeah, man. Well, I'm going to put everything that you said in the show notes. I'll get everything from you to make sure that everybody has a way. I know how people can support you and that's go to the, follow you on Instagram, follow you on Facebook, and then make sure that you go to his podcast and follow that, download the episodes leave a rating and review because those things matter and more people need to find your message, Tom, more veterans need to find your message. And then I'll try to connect you. If you need guests, I've got a bunch of people that I know that you would connect with and have a great time with on there as well. So thank you for today. We could, I could literally go another two hours, but I don't know. It could be a Joe Rogan podcast if we're not careful. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And it's just, a, it's just, um, being authentic and being who you are. I think it's easier for me because I, I lived a different life for 20 years. Now I'm trying to come back to, to planet earth on who I am as a person and, and with all my experience now. So you, you, you have to, you have to be able to fully grow up and, um, and see how life's going to take it. Yeah, I, 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 um, I try to be the cool dad. My kids don't like it, but I am the cool dad. I, my, my kids, friends follow me on Instagram. And they're like, can you stop posting <laughs> ever? <laughs> Tom, man, you're awesome. I appreciate you. And, uh, like I said, thanks for coming on today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Pathways to Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with all your friends. Also, rate and review the show to help more people find these valuable conversations. You guys have a great day.